0: Well, good morning. My name's Janet. I serve as the mission and outreach pastor here at Alamo Heights, and I'm I'm thrilled to be here. And we continue on uh, looking into the book of Proverbs. Uh, Today, we're looking specifically at discipline, and I don't know how many of us like (laughs) discipline. Uh, it can be uh, it can mean many things to many of us, but specifically, I'm talking about uh, the spiritual life of discipline. And if you notice in our scriptures, if you're reading the New Revised Standard Version, it, it says, "My child, my child, my child," and it's. It's not the child. We usually think about our own children. It's not necessarily the child setting beside you, but it is the child sitting beside you. It's all of us here. We are all children of God. We are all called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And it will de- benefit all of us if we enter into discipline in our faith walk. So when you hear discipline, I'm wondering what you think about. Where does your mind automatically go when you hear discipline? Some of us might remember the hard work it took to get to where we are today. Some of us might have accomplished and reached goals that we didn't think were possible through discipline. Maybe it's the job you're holding now. You've got there through discipline. Maybe you're in grad school now and you got there from being disciplined. Maybe you are uh, a great baker or you're working your way uh, into being something that you weren't before, but you've done it through discipline. And if you're not thinking about discipline as a goal or of reaching something, maybe you're thinking of it as discipline has been a sacrifice. Maybe you are training for a cross-country team and that has been a sacrifice. Maybe you are wanting to run a marathon, and I would think that would really be a sacrifice. Maybe you've learned a new instrument. I met Jason's mother over here, Rita, and Rita said that those, I'm going to get to hear him play in the worship band today, and she said those three o'clock in the morning waking up to his music is going to pay off. And amen, I think it has. Or perhaps you think of discipline as punishment. And that's where we can get hung up. If we focus too much on discipline as being something negative, we can never reach the benefits of discipline as helping us move somewhere where we want to be. So just be aware that how you view discipline may affect your approach to how far you can go in your disciplined life. But you can always change your mind. How many of you made a New Year's resolution? Maybe nobody, maybe, oh good, somebody did. Well, I hope, you know, we're at almost the 30 day mark. We're almost at the end of January and it says 30 days for a habit to form. And so I wonder if you've kept your habit. And if you have, I think that's great. And if you haven't, I can feel frustration. I feel my frustration when I can't follow through on something when something's broken. So uh, resolutions are difficult to keep because they require a lot of discipline. And then I've seen popping up on my social media this this My Intent bracelet. Has anybody seen that? But it's this little bracelet, and you you hammer out with these tools they send you, if you'll buy it, the word, uh, some intent you have for your life. And then you wear it, and it says, oh, this movie star's wearing it, and this person's wearing it, and... And then I thought of our star words. I wonder if anybody picked up a star word on Epiphany Sunday. Uh, the star words have been given out in the church for a long time. They're, they're a word that guides you, maybe through the month, the year, uh, however long you stick with that word, uh, examining it and thinking about it. it. It's like the star that guided the wise man to baby Jesus. The this, this star word's supposed to guide you closer in your walk of faith. Well, one year, um, surprisingly, I got the star word discipline, and I kept it because I just couldn't figure it out. I said, when I got it, I thought, wow, do I need more discipline? I I thought I was pretty disciplined. Maybe maybe I'm not, or maybe I'm good at discipline. Maybe that's why I got it. Or... Um, maybe I've got a hang-up about discipline that I need to kind of work through. And, and I struggled with it, and I thought about it, and, you know, I got kind of frustrated with it. And then after a little while, um, like a New Year's resolution or a word of intent, I just kind of laid it down. But you notice I didn't lay it down too far that I couldn't find it again. Uh, this one happened to have a magnet on, so I stuck it somewhere where I didn't have to look at it all the time. But that's not what. I should have listened, and had Pastor Jason been there earlier. Uh, our senior pastor, when the when these words came out, he told the worshipers in the sanctuary, he said, you know, take your star word and read through the book of Proverbs and look for a place where there's holy scripture that can speak to this word and then encourages you. Uh, He encouraged them to write their scripture down and put it somewhere where they could see it. And Pastor Robert might have done that as well, but to hang on to it and learn from it and let that word become in you and part of you. And, um, So, I had a scripture from Proverbs about 2011 that I wrote down, and you might know it Proverbs 3, 4, and 5. Trust in the Lord with your whole heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Don't we need straight paths? We need a guide to stay on the straight and narrow. And as we give ourselves to God, like it said in Romans, the best thing you can do for God is to open yourself up to God and let him do his work in you, offering your your sleeping and your eating and your going to work and your walking around presence with God. And then not leaning on my own understanding because I need wisdom. and, And this Bible is a book that gives us wisdom for the, for the journey. It's a long journey. We're all walking home. We will eventually get there, some of us earlier than others, some of us later than others, but we are on a journey. And like Ryan said with uh, John Wesley, we want to get there in the best way possible, in the most um, grown and mature way as being Christians. And then trusting Lord with our whole heart. Because this faith, it's a heart thing, right? It's that moving away from all the things you know, moving down into your heart. So the book of Proverbs tells us that the most indispensable tool available to us is to develop discipline. The most indispensable tool we have is to develop discipline. And I might say discipline wrapped with wisdom. Because the book of Proverbs is a wisdom literature. And it's divided into instructions in the first part and then sayings later on. And the chief aim of instruction is so that we can enable, can enable its hearers to live without unnecessary difficulty. You know, I, I like to live without unnecessary difficulty, don't you? And it says that this book, this Bible, this word of God can help us with that. Because before everyone there's a path, no matter if you're young or if you're old, and there's one right way and there's some other ways to live your life. And the instructions in the book of Proverbs provide us guidance and discipline for what Christians consider the right way. And, but we always have. We can always make a choice different from what the Word of God is saying. So, take for instance in Jeremiah 6:16, 6, this is what the Lord says: Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Are ask for the ancient paths. Ask where, where where the good way is, and walk in it, and you will find rest for your soul. But you said, we will not walk in it. As you heard in Jeremiah, there's a choice. There's a choice to walk, to ask where the good way is. And then there's a choice to walk in that way. But there's also a choice not to walk in that way. When Ryan read the Proverbs 4, 26 and 7, it said, Keep, a straight, keep straight the path of your feet and all your ways will be sure. Don't swerve to the right or the left or turn your, and turn your foot away from evil. That's for all of us. Walk straight. When your friends are saying, "Let's go this way," you need to stop and think, "Is that the best way to go?" Or do I need my wisdom to say, "You know, I I can't follow that way. I need to go another way." And that happens when you're young, and that happens when we're older. So I know I've found prayer in God's word of help when I'm struggling in need of encouragement. And I pray that you have as well. When you're struggling and need encouragement, you can cry out to God. You can pray the scriptures. They can give hope and guidance. And they can help us get back on the right track. I wonder if you, uh, I, the root word of discipline, do you know what it is? Disciple. Did you know that the root word of discipline is disciple? And do you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? I think if you're here, you do. And following Jesus would take, takes, not would take, but does take a lot of discipline. Uh, Some of you might know Ray Vanderlyn. Uh, He led many walks into Israel with uh, this congregation and also the Riverside Congregation. And he also taught many of us the Shema, and he—he's uh, he, a great, great man, great man of God. But he was here in the early 2000s, and he was giving uh, some talks here. And it was—the room was set up a little differently, and the platform was over under the crosses. And I, I can still see. Uh, RVL standing up there, because he's kind of intense, if you've ever been around him. Maybe you've seen him on your videos. And and I'm setting, the, the room is set up like in two sections, and I'm on the back row watching, you know, wondering what he's going to say. And And he says, do you want to be a disciple? Do you want to know how to be a disciple? And so I'm like leaning forward like, Yeah, I I really want to know how to be a disciple. And he has a Bible about this size, but it's wrapped in leather. And it has this cord that's swinging, you know, that he ties it shut with. And it's swinging. He said, if you want to be a disciple of Jesus, you've got to know what's in this book. And I thought, well, great. (laughs) I was really kind of hoping it'd be a little easier than that. Because I can't tell you in my life as, as growing and uh, going to church how many times I've tried to read this Bible by myself. I get through Genesis and I go, I'm stopping. And then I get a little further down and I'm like, I'm over that. And I just keep going and keep reading. And I just put it down because I get so frustrated. Because it's not meant to be read by yourself. It's meant to be read in community. But thanks be to God. Here at this church, they were teaching the Bible. We were, I joined a group, we read through the entire Bible, and it changed my heart. And I, I was listening to the songs that the worship team was singing, and they were, I heard, I've boxed you in, God, and I, I'm raising my hand heard that in two different songs that we can't box God in we've got to let God be who God is and and God is living and this Bible is living and his words living and and then we've got to reach out for the help we need and there's wonderful things happening here you can uh, come to community dinner do you know there's yoga happening for free every Wednesday night here at 5:30, right here in this room it's great And then there's all sorts of studies you can enter in to to let this word sink into your heart. But it takes time. You don't just wake up and run a marathon. You don't just wake up and spout off a bunch of scripture. It takes time for it to get into yourself. And I, I, I wish Sarah Ortiz were here, and I was talking to Jordan about her earlier she plays the piano. And Sarah Ortiz was over at Asbury. She's Pastor Robert's daughter. We needed a piano player at Asbury. Um, our 90-year-old piano player uh, was, was lessening and lessening being the piano player. And Sarah started teaching herself by ear to play the piano. And And then she was brave enough to get up and play the piano while we sang. And then... She got more into that. She kept playing. I think she got a teacher. She, now, she was reading just here by ear. Now she's reading music. And she joins this worship team. And you see her up here every Sunday being very faithful. didn't happen overnight. It took discipline and sacrifice. And I know some of you have put in a lot of discipline and sacrifice in the things you've been doing. The battles you've been fighting Your health being restored. The things you're going through right now. But God is with you. And you can do it. So it's a process. can be a long process. And I'm thankful that I'm not the same disciple I was sitting on the back row saying, Oh, good grief. How am I ever going to know the Bible as I am today? Because of this church nurtured that in me. So as we move forward and we're practicing your spiritual disciplines of praying together, reading together, uh, journaling, listening to God, coming here to worship in community, praying with your children, have you heard of a rule of life? John Wesley, the Wesleyan, is the founder of Methodism. Like Pastor Robert said, there, uh, there's the, the Wesleyan movement has three rules And there are three very simple rules, do no harm, do good, stay in love with God. Do no harm, do good, stay in love with God. Three simple rules that encompass so much, right? Those aren't easy rules to follow. But I want you to think about a rule for yourself And if you have a family and children, that you invite them into that rule with you. Because a rule of life is a living document that will change you and your life as your roles change. Whatever it ends up being, it needs to be built on reflection of who you are, who you want to be, what you value, and how you currently spend your time, your rule of life should ultimately help you translate your values as a Christian into action. And a rule of life is not rigid or legalistic. It's not a to-do list. A rule of life is a God-given, life-giving structure for freedom and joy and growth. It's not something you're going to get bound up in. It's something that's going to set you forward because you know your purpose. You've thought about it. You're you're focused forward. John Ortberg wrote a book called The The Life You Always Wanted. And he talks about spiritual discipline. And he talks about a disciplined person is someone who can do the right thing at the right time in the right way in the right spirit a rule of life serves as a general guide that keeps you trained toward God a rule of life helps you become more like Jesus in your response to all of creation a rule of life is comprised of several simple statements that can guide your posture and your life and your living of your days It won't be lived out perfectly, and that's okay. But it can be lived out faithfully while fostering within you an integrated and embodied life of faith. So a rule of life to me sounds like a disciplined disciple of Jesus, the Christ, who loves all, who serves all, who gives their everything to the things of God. Amen.